Welcome, 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 geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to a brand new edition of geek to me Radio. Tonight, we are going to kick it off with some geek trivia, your chance to win a Marvel Legends Wolverine figure courtesy of Kokomo Toys. My guests are Julio Diaz from Pensacon, talking about their amazing Doctor Who lineup and how you can get tickets to that event. Later on, we'll be talking with Don Glute and Rick Hoberg, the original creators of Female Thor. All that and more, stand by. We're talking TV, comics and movies, and video games. Driving around the greater St. Louis area tonight, hearing us on the Big 550 KTRS. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're watching the stream on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch, hello to you and thanks for watching. And of course, if you're hearing us after the fact in the podcast form on whatever platform you happen to get your podcasts, Thank you very much for finding us there and listening. Hopefully you've already subscribed and given us a nice five-star rating. That always helps us out in search engine optimization, and we appreciate it very much. We have a big show. We're going to jump right in. Of course, I promised that August we're going to do Geek Trivia to kick off every episode, courtesy of our partners at Kokomo Toys in Kokomo, Indiana. If you've not yet checked them out, make sure you drive through. It's worth the trip. It's like what I want my – I want to be buried there. All the toys, the collectibles, the figures, the pops, the vintage stuff they've got. They've got a giant G. I. Joe aircraft carrier as soon as you walk in the door, but it's just an amazing amount of toys and memorabilia, and they are very kind. They partner with us and send us a big box of goodies that we get to give away on the air. So tonight, uh, your chance to win a Marvel Legends Wolverine figure. We'll be watching the KTRS text lines 84126 from your mobile device, or you can call in 314-931-5877 on the listener lines. The You have to answer this question to win the figure. Wolverine first appeared in The Incredible Hulk number 181. What artist is credited with creating Wolverine? The artist who drew that issue. You can either text him to 84126 or give us a call on the KTRS hotline 314-931-5877. We'll be monitoring it throughout the night. First person to get the right answer, we will call you back and send you that Marvel Legends Wolverine figure for your collection. With that out of the way, we're going to go right to my first guest, He is the marketing and media director for Pensacon, which I had the pleasure of going to in 2020, my very first post-pandemic convention. It was a brilliant event, and we've got Julio Diaz on right now to tell us about his amazing Doctor Who lineup. Julio, thanks for the time tonight. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So this, I I was blown away because you announced you already had the fifth doctor and you had Janet Fielding who played Tegan. So like, that's amazing. That's great. Mm -hmm. And then you announced more doctors coming. I was like, oh, really? And then you slowly announced them and then it kept coming. So my first question, are we going to get any more announcements? Are we going to possibly get a David Tennant or a Matt Smith or a Peter Capaldi? I I don't think so. You never know. But I, I would be, you know, we get a lot of requests for, of course, all three of them. Sure. Uh, 
the way our facility is set up for anybody who's never been to Pensacon, we're in Pensacola, Florida, which is a great town, but it does not have a convention center. Mm. So we, we work the main, uh, the main venue for our convention is basically a, a hockey arena that we turn into, you know, we use every nook and cranny of the hockey yeah. arena. And then we use several other properties throughout uh, downtown Pensacola. We have kind of a campus approach. Uh, but to facilitate the crowds that we would get for David Tennant, I just don't know that we could physically get the people through the doors and back out. Yeah. Matt Smith or Peter Capaldi might be a little bit more practical, although with House of the Dragons debuting next week, That's maybe right. not so much for yeah. Matt Smith. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I would worry about the Morbius crowd, but then there'd have to be a Morbius crowd. <laughs> you said it, so, not me. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so I think we are. I think we are probably settled on doctors with five. Uh, there has been some discussion of maybe one or two more companions. Okay, but uh, but that's very much up in the air, and I, I can't see how any Doctor Who fan would not be satisfied with what we're bringing, which is five doctors and four companions right now. Absolutely. And don't let my comment by any means be that as a, oh, what, what, is that all you're having? Because it's amazing. Like I said, as soon as I saw that Colin Baker is one of the doctors I've not yet had a chance to meet. So I'm like, oh, Colin Baker, I'm sold. But then you kept announcing more companions and doctors. Um, so that that's pretty incredible. And it's for those of you who are listening, it's not just a Doctor Who event. You guys have a bunch of different people from random fandoms all over. Like, I know last time I went in 2020, you had George Went. I never had the chance to meet George Went before from Cheers and from House. Uh, that was amazing to have. So, yeah, George was great. We are really, you know, a, we pride ourselves in being an all exclusive fan, all inclusive fan experience. So we have. Uh, guests from pretty much all walk of life. You know, of course, science fiction, fantasy, horror are going to always be the most popular things. And of course, people like George Went, he's actually done a fair amount of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, people may know him best as Norm from Cheers, but he's he's got a pretty wide ranging career. Uh, so, you know, yeah, we have, you know, again, we're going to have five doctors, four companions, but we're also going to have most of the cast of Clerks 3 here as mm. well, which is yeah, it's still nerd-oriented, but it's not really science fiction or fantasy, anything like that. We're going to have folks like uh, Ed Begley Jr., who you know probably people best, best know him for St. Elsewhere, uh, Arrested Development, a lot of more you know mainstream type things. Uh, you know, so we always have those kinds of guests too. We usually have some music guests. Uh, it's a little bit of everything. We we kind of feel like if you're a fan of something, we've got something for you. And also, obviously, you guys have a great variety of comic book artists and writers. I know Tony Isabella uh, always raves. He, he always says, no matter what's going on, Tony Isabella makes it a point to come to Pensacon because uh, you're, you're one of his favorite cons. <laughs> yeah, Tony will definitely be back. We love Tony. I've actually been friends with Tony for, gosh, since before the con existed. So, uh, yeah, Tony is a very dear friend of mine, and uh, you know, his, I love his whole family. So yeah, it wouldn't be the show without him. He will be back. We we have a an array of artists that are are coming, uh, and you know we continue to add. We also bring authors. We top out at well over a hundred guests overall at the con between actors and writers and artists, and we usually have some music guests. Uh, of course, uh, you know you name it. We've had directors in the past. We've had. Uh, we've had people like the late Colin Cantwell who de designed all of the ships that you know and love from star Wars. So, you know, we, we go throughout the spectrum. We've had sound effects people in the past. We've had makeup artists in the past. We, we really do kind of try to hit every nook of fandom. 
Now, I've, I've got to ask you, because you said you've been friends with Tony Isabella for quite a while. Have you ever been to one of his epic garage sales? Because I hear they're the stuff of legend. I have not. Uh, Tony and I were online friends okay. first, right. and uh, so so I've never had the the joy of visiting Medina, Ohio. I actually drove through it once on my way to Niagara Falls. But, oh wow! Uh, didn't didn't get to stop. Yeah, I think that may have to put that on my bucket list for 2023 because he says he's going to do a few more. So I might have to check that one off the list. Uh, one of Tony Isabella's garage sales. This you guys are, if I'm not mistaken, Pensacon is celebrating its 10th anniversary this year, correct? That's correct. It'll be our 10th, 10th annual convention. We actually have managed to go every year. We did uh, uh, 2020 was right before, excuse me, 2019 was right before the, everything shut down. And then we delayed in 2020 uh, to May to give a little bit more time, but we did go in 2020. We're back to our normal February dates in 2021, and we will be back in 2022, 2023. Uh, with uh, February 24th through 26th. Yeah, you, I think you you worked it right around. It was just the, the, the way you had it right around the pandemic. You guys were able to get that last one in and then you were able to come right back. So that was great timing. Yeah, we really lucked out. I remember very clearly that uh, people were just starting to talk about it and a few of the guests were uh, you know, using extra hand sanitizer or, or we had Weird Al Yankovic that year. He wasn't shaking hands with people. He was only doing elbow bumps. So we had uh, Edward James almost that year and he was wearing gloves to shake hands. With I think I might be one of the only people he shook hands with that weekend when he wasn't wearing gloves. <laughs> uh, so that was kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, so like we, we were about three weeks before everything shut down at the beginning of the pandemic. And then the next year, like I said, we delayed a couple of months. And, uh, but now we've been back in February, we, which is our time of year. We love it. It's a great time to visit Pensacola. It's not too hot, not too cold. And uh, we kind of take over all of downtown Pensacola. And uh, like I said, I was, I've had the pleasure of going there. I think it, it may have been 2021 that I went. I can't remember which year it was, but it was the year you had uh, Denise Crosby was there. George Went was there. Mm -hmm. um, Francois Chow was there. It was a, it was a great line, but maybe in 2021, now that I'm saying it out loud, I think I may have. Yeah, I believe, it, I believe that was 2021. Right. Uh, we were talking just before we came on about Ashley Eckstein. And that yeah, that's right. Yes, yes. And her and her husband, David. Um, are you okay to stick with us for a quick commercial break? Absolutely. Perfect. Uh, for those of you listening right now, we did get a call come in. I'm sorry, one of our texts who did get the correct answer for the trivia question. It was indeed Herb Trimpe, who uh, was the artist on Hulk 181. So I will be calling you back, you in the 314 area code. I've got your number. We'll call you back. Get your address to send out that prize to you of the Wolverine Marvel Legends figure. If you would like to call in, 314-931-5877. We've got a couple calls on hold, so please stand by. We're going to come back and chat more with Julio Diaz of Pensacon. You're listening to geek to me Radio on the Big 550 KTRS. Please stand by. Hello. My name is Sylvester McCoy. I want you to listen to Geek to Me Radio. Otherwise, if you don't, I'll cry. We are back. Geek to Me Radio heard here every Sunday on the Big 550 KTRS, 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. A new live show from the world of geekdom. I want to make sure we tell you about our official movie sponsor, Marcus Theaters. Maybe you have not yet had a chance to see Bullet Train. Maybe you haven't had a chance to see Thor, Love, and Thunder. A lot of great movies out there right now. And if you're going to go see it, go do it in the best possible surroundings. Marcus Theaters, you can go right now. 
to their website, MarcusTheaters.com. Book your tickets, uh, see what's playing, find the location closest to you. And if you're out and about, they have a Marcus Theaters app you can download for your smart device. And right from the app, if you're if you're out and about, like I'm going to be going to Virginia next weekend, I don't know if I'm going to be busy. If I want to see a movie, I'll pull it up. Hey, look, there's a Marcus Theaters three miles from me. I can book the tickets. You can order your concessions right through the app, have them ready and waiting for you, and walk right into your movie. It's great. They also are doing still the private cinemas starting from $149. You and 19 of your closest friends can go kick back in comfort and watch a fantastic film. Spend some hours out of this hot summer sun in a nice, quiet, cool movie theater. Uh, everything at Marcus Theaters from the concessions to the cleanliness to uh, I love the, the the cartwheel where you go in and you have the machine. It's touchscreen. You pick your soda. That's fun. And of course, the surround sound, the big DLX screens, the reclining seats. Never a bad time to see a movie, but it's always the best time when you pick Marcus Theaters. Marcus Theaters and Movie Tavern. Find them both on the website, marcustheaters.com, for the best movie-going experience in the galaxy. We are talking with Julio Diaz about Pensacon. We're already looking ahead to 2023. It seems weird, but it's, it's right around the corner. It's sneaking up on us. And, of course, you heard the voice of Sylvester McCoy bringing us back from commercial break. One of the five doctors Julio has at the convention we've got uh, christian is on the line christian basil how are you yeah but hold it, don't hold that against me <laughs> <laughs> hello Julio. how are you doing there sir i'm doing well how are you not bad sir uh, first of all uh i gotta prove if you're a true whovian who's your doctor and what does he do oh who's my who's my doctor uh, yes, my, I'm, I am an old school fan. So Peter Davison, who's uh, who's coming to the show and actually has been to the show before, I've gotten to work with him a couple of times, is awesome, my classic awesome. doctor, yeah. and David Tennant is my new who doctor. Mm. But I love them all. I told, oh, awesome. yeah, absolutely. I I told James this is very odd for a podcast to call through a podcast to get to a host. <laughs> this is a very odd setup over here. And I'm actually watching on the YouTube as I'm on the phone. So this is just, this is not normal. You normally I'm on the stream yard. So this is kind of a very weird, awkward situation no, over and here. For those of you who are little... listening right now, Christian is the host of The Legend of the Traveling TARDIS, which I highly recommend you go check out his YouTube channel and give their Facebook page like. And uh, they do great Doctor Who related content as well. I want to give you a shout out for that too. Appreciate it. He only says that, Julio, because he's also on the show. Anyway, <laughs> he's also a co-host there. Um, this is, uh, first of all, congratulations, Pensacon. We've been wanting to come up there for God knows how long. And it's just because of the distance, because we're based in central Florida and, 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 uh, space coast Florida, it's been hard for us to come up there. But ironically, I told James, I said, James, um, we are, tr- we are truly thinking about, it, especially with the guest lineup that you had, uh, that we would love to bring our services up to Pensacon. So, I guess, if yeah, anything, this... there may not be a question behind this, but we do want to bring the traveling TARDIS up to your location, and we want to know how we can get started. I mean, this would definitely be the the year for that, uh, definitely. I mean, you know, I, this gathering is really, as, as far as we can tell, is unprecedented in the U.S. Uh, not, I, I, It's been unprecedented to have five doctors at a single show yeah. in the U.S., and then when you add to that that we're going to have four companions as Yeah. Uh, this is a yes. We we've kind of done this because we hadn't wanted to make the claim 
without without backing it up. But we 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 can't find anywhere that's had five doctors before. So we found four, we found three, and five in a row too, because we we actually have five through nine. So yeah, exactly. Uh, you know that 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 really works out well. Uh, definitely. I mean, uh, you could definitely reach out to me. My email address is Julio Pensacon.com. Uh, and we could certainly discuss, you know, whatever you'd like to do and see if we could figure out a way to make it happen. And is this simply juliopensacon.com? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Using a cell phone. I've never done this on a radio show. No, that's fine. And Chris, <laughs> so I, can even email it. I can even email it or text Absolutely. it to you, too. That's, that's no problem. Great there. Yeah. Uh, what was, I guess, Julio, what's your geekdom as far as Doctor Who? Can you tell us a little bit about that and why the influence? Because I also know that this coming year is going to be an impressive outlook for Doctor Who that it got acquired by Bad Wolf. Now that it's been acquired, all Bad Wolf was acquired by Sony. This is the 60th anniversary. Shudigawa is the 14th Doctor. How excited are you for this genre? And was it the influence to bring in as many Doctors and this talent to bring to Pensacon coming into 2023? Uh, yeah, I mean, all of that. All of us that are involved in the show are Whovians, and and many of us, like I said, go back to, you know, Peter Davison was my first. I was a fan going back to uh, middle school, basically. Mm. And in fact, uh, I kind of made a point of when this started coming together, I reached out to the two people who originally got me into Doctor Who in middle school, uh, who uh, one of which I haven't seen since middle school. Mm. The other I haven't seen since we, we went to high school together. So I haven't seen since high school graduation. And they're both coming to the show. So I'm excited <laughs> about about that factor, too. Uh, but, you know, we kind of we were looking at the 60th anniversary and we looked at the, uh, you know, especially the I think the thing that kind of put us over the edge. We've had Peter Davison before. We've had Colin Baker before. We've had Sylvester McCoy before. We've had Paul McGann before. This will be our first time with Christopher Eccleston, who we were, of course, very excited to have. Uh, but we work with a great agent who happens to represent all of all of them. So it's kind of easy to go back to them and, and look at bringing them back. But I think really the thing that kind of put us over the edge more than anything was the announcement that uh, Janet Fielding and Sophie Aldred were coming back to the show. And knowing that uh, we'd kind of already been talking about Janet. We hadn't had her before. We've had Sophie before. And, uh, well, this is the time to bring Sophie back and try to bring Janet for sure. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. Uh, You know, Nicola Bryant is going to come as well. And Daphne Ashbrook, who will both be first-time guests at our show. And uh, it just all all piled on. And uh, we've had a lot of Doctor Who guests in the past. It's always been a presence for us never know if maybe some of them might come back too, or, you know, or, or where we go. Like I said, there may still be a couple more. We're, we're still discussing. So I know one of the big things at these conventions is obviously the photo ops, because you can you have the professional photos taken with the celebrities. I'm assuming this is going to probably op- monopolize a good chunk of a day because your people are going to want, you know, these three doctors together, all five doctors together, all five doctors mm-hmm. and all four companions, just these two doctors and these two companions. So I guess there's some logistics involved in, in arranging the photo ops, too, I would think. Yeah, we'll, we'll need to work that out, obviously. And, and of course, uh, Christopher Eccleston will only be there Saturday. So that mm-hmm. adds to the logistics of it. So. I would I would guess, and like I said, this is just a guess. We haven't really gotten into this level of the planning yet, but I would imagine that any you know obviously anything that's going to involve Christopher will have to be a Saturday opportunity. Sure, and then we'll we'll work the rest out from there. And Christian, did you have any other uh, questions or anything you wanted to you wanted to fire off at Julio? I'm a 
podcaster like you, dude. I got, I got 50 <laughs> other questions. I'm not going to take your show away there, but I'm just um, – yeah, I meant yeah. There are tons of questions, but Julio and I can talk about on 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 the wayside. Uh, and I, I, you know, I invite you to come on our podcast and, and talk about Pensacon. But having said yeah, that, I'd be happy Julio, to. what what is your what is the because you've had people like Lisa Bowerman who does the big finish. Uh, God rest his soul, David Warner who just passed mm-hmm. recently. I know you've got him up. You've had him up there. What is your favorite behind the scenes who experience that you've had? With a with a guest hmm. from Doctor Who, with a Doctor Who guest, uh, yeah. Well, I I mean, it's not really necessarily behind the scenes, but I'd have to say I, I've ha- I haven't had time in the past few years, but I used to moderate a lot of panels, and I got to be on stage with Peter and Colin moderating a panel with the two of them. So oh, so yeah, that was a now. big one. <laughs> uh, the 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 other one that is really kind of not necessarily an experience, but I think it's really funny is uh, I haven't actually gotten to meet Sylvester yet, although he's done our show, mm. but I did almost yeah. get mowed down by him in the hotel bar. <laughs> and as like little guy speaking French. And I, I, and then after like I recovered, realized, wait a minute, that was Sylvester McCoy. He's like a little buzzsaw. He just blows right through if you get in his way. <laughs> and we've got uh, in the chat, uh, yeah. Paul, uh, Paul Eidling, uh, who obviously voices Perceptor in the Transformers movies, uh, for one thing, among his many roles. Paul says that he appeared at a couple of cons with Sylvester. You guys are going to have a ton of fun with him. Uh, congrats. Done cons with four of the Doctors, but never this many at once. So, Julio, Paul says you win. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I just thought of another thing I should mention in terms of things that were really great experiences backstage. I, I did get kissed on the cheek by Camille Kaduri. Ooh. So... That was that was uh, oh, you, you both lucky. my hearts kind of <laughs> a little bit. Very nice. Um, All I got was a hug. And I, I'm just I'm just gonna put it out there, Julio. I mean, Christian and I, if you need extra hands to host any of the panels or moderate, Christian and I are, are pretty good at this. So uh, just keep that in mind. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't I don't handle just, that department, but I'll pass it on. All right, perfect. I, I, I will just tell you this quick Sylvester story. There was a moment where uh, I want to thank uh, Dan Harris. He invited me to take some Whovians over to our space coast to NASA. Ooh. Get this. I was taking Doctor Who celebrities to Kennedy Space Center, and one of the people I was greeted to host was uh, Sylvester McCoy, and I actually took him to the launch pad, which is the which is the cafeteria in there. And he's just walking around aimlessly. Nobody's really paying attention too much to him. I was feeling bad. But these two girls were sitting at a table. They were looking at him. And constantly, he was walking back and forth behind the table. And one of the girls <laughs> noticed that I was with him, and she, one of the girls turns to me and goes, is that who we think it is? And I said, yes, that's Jody Whitaker. And I walked away. <laughs> <laughs> they never knew. <laughs> well, I went back to, I, I went back to the girls and explained the situation, but they got a good laugh, but uh, they, they were running a Dr. Who podcast. Pay, I'm sorry, a Dr. Who page called Crudo. And I was just, yes, that's Sylvester McCoy. I'm hanging out with him, and yeah, I'm geeking out harder than you two can think about right now. So, and I do have a picture with him with the Atlantis space shuttle, my traveling artist. Very so, cool. There you go. And Paul chimed back in, and Paul said, Sylvester is one of a kind in all capital letters. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, David DeRose yeah. was listening, said Troughton for his uh, classic doctor and Smith for his new doctor uh, for David. So I appreciate both of you listening tonight. Um, Christian, I'm going to go ahead and let you go because I'm getting ready to let Julio yeah. go. But I appreciate yeah. you calling in, buddy. You got it, uh, Julio. We'll, we'll talk. James, we'll talk. And we can't wait until we start the adventure in 2023. We'll see you out there. Break a leg, my friend. Thanks. 
Appreciate it. There he goes, Christian Basil. Julio, uh, a lot of people, I don't want to keep you too much longer, um, but before I let you go, let's make sure to we tell everybody where they can get tickets. It's uh, the website, social media handles, and things like that for Pensacon. Yeah, absolutely. So Pensacon is coming up February 24th through the 26th of 2023 in downtown Pensacola. Like I said, we kind of take over all of downtown Pensacola. It's very much a campus approach. If you people who are familiar with Dragon Con, mm, yeah. kind of similar kind of approach that way and that we take place over across several venues and not just in one particular place. Uh, we run trolleys around downtown to get you around downtown and all that kind of stuff as part of the event. Uh, of course, our website is pensacon.com. Our, our website's actually in the process of being completely revamped right now. Nice, okay. So, But the ticket link should work just fine. Uh, and if, you, if for some reason you're having trouble, then just go to Purple Pass. Purple Pass is our ticket vendor, and you can find us there as well. Uh, we are Pensacon on Facebook. We are at Pensacola Pensacon on Instagram, and we are at Real Pensacon on Twitter. And I assume you said the logistics of the photo ops are still being uh, sussed out. So as soon as those are up, people can buy their photo op tickets and things like that on the website as well, or do they buy those at the event? Uh, we do offer advanced sales on the photo ops. We don't usually offer advanced sales on autographs, but for the photo ops, yeah, we do typically a few weeks before the show start offering advanced sales. And then, of course, you could get them at the show as well. And uh, we're not done announcing guests by any stretch of the imagination. We will be continuing to announce guests and we have a few more big ones. In fact, I uh, just realized one of the big ones that we haven't announced yet uh, that I know is in our Dragon Con ads in a few weeks is somebody who has been on Doctor Who, although Ooh. maybe not best known for Doctor Who. Oh, okay. So I'll put that out there as just to, to float that one out there for people to start speculating. A little teaser then for those of you all to keep refreshing the Facebook page for Pensacon to make sure you find out who this mystery guest might be. Uh, Julio Diaz, an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time tonight. And we'll put a link to the Pensacon website in our uh, show notes. If you're listening to this after the fact in the podcast form, scroll down to the bottom and you'll see a link where you can check out all of the many guests that Julio and Pensacon will have at their event in February. Thanks for taking the time tonight, and hopefully uh, I'll see you at the event. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank really you. appreciate it. Anytime. Be well. Thanks so much. There he goes, Julio Diaz. And again, that's going to be a fantastic event. If you if you are looking to do something next year and start making your plans, make your plans now. Get the tickets while they're available. Book your hotels and flights. Because just the Doctor Who lineup alone, I have no doubt that this is going to be a full boat event. And we didn't even get to mention the, outside the event, they've got a bunch of food trucks set up. So, I mean... My gosh, you, you, there's, you're not going to go hungry at this event either. <laughs> I'll put that out there. It's a really a cool event, uh, Pensacon. We will have more information on that as things develop to uh, as the event approaches. We're going to take another quick commercial break. We're going to come right back. We're going to have my interview with Don Glute and Rick Hoberg, the OG creators of Female Thor from What If Number Ten. That will have their take on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. All that and more. Geek to Me Radio. Please stand by. This is Paul McGann, the 8th Doctor. You're listening to geek to me Radio. Thought it only appropriate to come back with another Doctor Who since uh, both of those Doctors, 7 and 8, are going to be at Pensacon. Very excited about that. My thanks again to Julio Diaz for being on the program tonight. We want to make sure we tell you about our premier sponsor. These people are the reason that we are still on the air six years ago, a little over six years ago now, we first debuted, uh, and it's all thanks, main part, to my premier sponsor, the City of St. Charles. 
the Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau. Elizabeth Phelps, who works over there, uh, does a lot of stuff with event planning and really keeps the wheels running over there. I came to them and said, hey, I'm doing a show. Love to have you guys on board. First people unhesitatingly said, yep, let's do this. And they've been with me ever since. Uh, the city of St. Charles is a great place to visit. I've worked with them on their festivals before. The events they put on are incredible. And even if the events weren't going on, there's always something to see and do in St. Charles. It's a beautiful place. If you are listening, maybe you're like Paul, who's not in the greater St. Louis, St. Charles area, and Paul might be planning a trip. If you're living somewhere closer, like uh, David, who was in the chats, maybe you want to get out and uh, have some outdoor activity. St. Charles has everything you could want from historical landmarks. If you're a history buff and want to check out uh, the the oldest standing building this side of the Mississippi, they've got that. They've got uh, casinos. They've got world-class hotel accommodations, bed and breakfasts. They've got RV parks, campgrounds, whatever you're—if you want to come in from out of town, whatever kind of stay you're looking for, they got you at every level there, and the food— I mean, you guys have heard me talk about this on the year before. There's amazing food uh, for anything from, you know, steaks to barbecue to pizza to Italian food. Lots of great places to eat. And you could probably go out every night for a week and still not hit every place that you would want to do out there in St. Charles. Check out the website. Start there planning your trip, whether you're local or out of town. DiscoverStCharles.com is the website. DiscoverSTCharles.com. As we always say, it's an historically good time. My next Guests are the OG creators of female Thor. We know Jane Foster from Thor, uh, now from Love and Thunder. These two gentlemen started back in What If Number 10, Volume 1, way back in the 70s. They had this idea of what if Jane Foster had found the Hammer of Thor. And it's a lot of what Jason Aaron based his famous run on that we all know that translated over from Thor, Love and Thunder. I had a chance to talk to these two gentlemen, and we're going to play that interview right now. We're talking with two great creators. They've done a lot of work, both in comics and in... I'm not a creator. You don't consider yourself a creator? No, uh, I figure God and Dr. Frankenstein were creators. I'm a writer and a director and a producer. And that is Don Glute. I never heard, you know, like Michael, Michelangelo or, or um, any of the great writers called us those creators. Only comic book people have that conceit. So I don't call myself a Da Vinci, I heard, insisted on being called a creator. So, I don't know. Well, you can call me what you want. <laughs> Don't call me late for lunch. And we also have Rick Hoberg. Uh, another, is it okay to call you a creator? You certainly can, yeah. And between your the two of you, your body of work, it's incredible to think about all the projects you've worked on, all the stuff you've uh, written, directed, produced. What is your, if you were like to put your Mount Rushmore of projects that you're most proud of, and we'll start with Rick, what would be your top I know Rushmore is four. It's a bad analogy. Your top three projects. Okay, they'd be Star Wars because I got involved with Star Wars early on. It made my career. And then I continued the relationship with Lucas Licensing and Lucasfilm for about 30 years. And then second would be All-Star Squadron for DC Comics. And third would be What If work with Don Kluge. And Don, same question. Well, my I've done a lot more different kinds of things than Rick did. My, um, as far as books go... Probably what I'm most proud of is regular books is my series of blank uh, umbrella titles called Dinosaurs the Encyclopedia. And that went for eight volumes, and that was a real heavy research project. Comics, um, I think Dr. Spector, which I did for Gold Key, because that was my own creation. Yeah. And I put a lot of myself into that comic. But overall, the thing I'm most proud of had nothing to do with books or comics is my music career. I, I have more pleasure and more pride 
in music I've done in, in, my, in that era than anything else I've ever done. So I guess if that answers the question. Well, he, he actually was working with people like Linda Ronstadt and the Eagles before they became wow. the Eagles and all that Laurel Canyon crowd, you know, which I, I'm, I just think is amazing. That's, that's my favorite music, basically. In my life, yeah. it's been my favorite music. When I think of music, uh, it's always like learning a language. It's left brain. The creative side, the writing, and the artists are usually right brain. Would you say you don't have a problem switching between from no. music? Is it the same thing for you? No, I, and just, I, I never worked with the Eagles or Linda. I, I met Linda Ronstadt once, but my uh, our producer was Michael Nesbeth, who's one of the monkeys. Yeah. And he, we went to the Troubadour at once, so the whole, the whole band... To, to support Mike, who was performing, and Linda was sitting at our table, so we had a little association with Linda. But um, uh, what was the question? I forgot. Uh, left brain, right brain, oh, music versus I have creativity. No, I have no, no. problem. I've, ever since I was a little kid in grammar school, I had no problem with art, writing, music. It was all very easy for me. And, um, I'm fortunate. Uh, I had two very creative parents. My father had two brothers who were very good musicians, and it, it just came easy for me. And so I had never had I don't know which side of the brain I'm using. Maybe something in the middle it somewhere. <laughs> Corpus callosum is the middle part, right? That's yeah. the way you just use it well. And obviously everyone's probably coming to see you, putting down their copy of What If Number 10, because we finally got the Jane Foster Thor in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Were you surprised when Jason Aaron kind of went into that uh, recess of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and made that a reality? Well, I saw it first when I was working at 343 Industries, which is the people who make Halo games for, uh, for Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And I was a cinematic uh, storyboard artist. And uh, one of the guys brought a copy in one day because they, they all looked me up to see what I do. And it, it, it was amazing how many of them were fans of the cartoon shows I worked on. Anyway, they, one of them brought me a copy of, of the first issue of that. And I thought, wow, that's a great idea. You know, just did a good job, it looks like. But when it was revealed, I think, in the third issue that it was Jane Foster, I went, wait a minute, they're reusing our character. And then we began a discussion pretty much around then about what can we do about this and and what are they going to do with the character. This summer, though, going to see the film, Marvel flew me in from Seattle, put me up. Wow. They took care of the both of us. They were really, really nice to us. And I was just really charmed to see my name in, in, with all those luminaries of comics. I, I just went, wow, that, that, that's an amazing feeling, basically. Because this is what, what I've done it for, is my love of superheroes and, sure. and comics and stuff like that in general. So. And it's always interesting to talk to creators, writers, artists, because they have a vision in their head when they, something's come out of a person who should play it. That wasn't on anyone's radar when you guys did this issue of What If, but I'll ask anyway, did you guys have, like when you were creating that story, an actress in that current time when this came out in mind of, oh, that would be a perfect person to play Jane Foster no, Thor? No, Rick, Rick, Rick and I used to throw great parties. And he had a party, and I was there, and Roy Thomas, the editor, was there. And we were just throwing around ideas. You know, what if, what if Spider-Man had two heads? Or something? You know, crazy <laughs> things like this. And then somewhere along the line, Somebody mentioned, uh, somebody else had found the hammer of Thor, and one of us came up, what if it's Jane Foster? And Roy was there, he go with it, and, and we did it. And neither of us thought it was going to turn into anything other than this one-shot issue. Right. And I, got to, I didn't read the comic books, and when they brought it into the comic book universe, because I stopped reading comic books a long time ago, I didn't know what was going on at Marvel. But I was at a convention about five years ago in L.A., 
and I saw some a cosplayer dressed as Thordis. And um, I, that was the first inkling I had. The second was when somebody on Facebook said, hey, they're making a movie, and there's merchandise. So that was how I found out about it. Mm. And then, then Rick and I got back, because we hadn't seen each other in about 40-some years. Oh, wow. It's been a long time. Because he moved to Seattle, and he used to live in, in, in Southern California, mm. and we used to hang out and everything. So we got back together, and... Um, I, where we left off. Yeah, and then and then basically Marvel didn't have to do anything for it. They were very nice. I'm, I'm I hear a lot of people complaining about the work for the comic book companies and all that, but they they did this for us. And we went to the world premiere. Nice. Very I had cool. to get my car washed for that. <laughs> and um, we drove right we, into the theater. Right? We wore sports jackets and things, you know, and we walked the red carpet. But I'll tell you, you know, I've seen my name on a lot of things, and I've written a lot of things in my career. It, I don't care about seeing my name on anything except a check. Right. But but this time, we didn't know if we were going to have our name in the credits. And I said, Rick, we've got to watch this. We're sitting there, you know. And we're at the Grauman's Chinese Theater with all the footprints and everything. Yeah. IMAX scream. And then suddenly, I saw Rick's name first. I said, Rick, I pointed my to the screen. was placed exactly in the middle of all the other names. So it just popped out. And I went, oh, my God, that's wonderful. Wow. And then your name was yeah, close because, by. Yeah, because right? it was in alphabetical order, so my name was... Yeah, it's nice to have your names that close that, together, your last name. Yeah, that, <laughs> well, that was a big deal for me. And me I, too. It, it really was. And you've worked on a lot of Hollywood stuff, because I'm, I'm an 80s kid, so yeah. Gem, and the, Gem, Amazing Spider-Man, yeah, you guys so were just talking stuff, to Dan yeah. Gilvezan. Yeah. Um, did you think at that time, even, because that uh, dec- probably a decade after you guys did the Thor What If... Did you guys have any inkling? I know Stan really wanted these guys up on the big screen. Did you still, at that point, have any inkling? Okay, the cartoon's going well. What about the big screen? And we'll get that answer from Don Glute and Rick Hoberg about whether or not they thought that we'd ever see all these Marvel movies on the big screen. We'll talk about their thoughts on the movies of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. All that and more coming up right here on geek to me Radio. Please stand by. This is John Glenn, and you're listening to Geek To Me Radio. Meeting you with a view to a We're back live on the Big 550 Geek To Me Radio. Hello, and thank you all for watching tonight. If you're listening to us, hello to all of you as well. If you are curious, what I always say if you're watching us, if you go to YouTube.com and search Geek To Me Radio or Twitch.tv and search Geek To Me Radio on Twitch. You can find us and you can watch the show there. Julio is live. You could uh, see him. Joey always puts some great static shots up of my guests who are pre-recorded. So it gives you something to watch as well as listen to, just in case you ever want to kind of check out what the studio looks like and everything like that. Uh, I want to make sure we tell you about our official comic book sponsor, Appropriate Timing, since we've got Don Glute and Rick Hoberg as my guests talking about female Thor. Uh, Bugs Comics and Games on Bryan Road in O'Fallon, Missouri. You can catch it from either Highway 70 or from 364, the page extension. Uh, It's right there. It's a great 
place to visit if you are looking for new comics, if you're looking for back issues, if you're looking for toys, if you're looking for games. He's got a lot of cool stuff there, and it's neat. People will come in his store while I'm there, and people will see, oh my gosh, I don't think that's even what they were coming in to buy, but they'll end up seeing something really cool, and they'll end up pulling something off the shelf and take it home uh, with them. They've got Buffy figures. They've got uh, they've got monster figures, Star Trek figures, old board games. So it's not just comic books. He really leans into that Bugs Comics and Games. If you're looking for something and you can't find it, Larry's usually there or Tim's there and you can ask them for help. More than happy to help you find whatever it is you're looking for. If you're a new comic book reader and you're looking for someplace to get started, Larry can help you out there. If you're looking for an old back issue, Larry can definitely help you out there as well. And if you're not in the greater St. Louis, St. Charles area, maybe you're nowhere close to Bryan Road in O'Fallon, Missouri. If you're online, if you're streaming this from Florida, Pensacola, Florida, you're hearing us right now. Go to the website, bugscomicsandgames.com. You can order from the website. You can get the variant comic that your local comic book store might not have that you really wanted. You can find a back issue that you haven't been able to track down. Uh, Support a local business. Don't get it on eBay. Support local business. Go to bugscomicsandgames.com. And, of course, give their Facebook page a like. Bugs Comics and Games on Facebook. Larry and Tim will be very grateful that you did. I'll be grateful that you did uh, because if my sponsors are happy, I'm happy. Very proud to have them as the official comic book sponsor here on Geek Me Radio, BugsComicsAndGames.com. Before we took that last break, we were chatting with the creators. I I say the OG creators because obviously everyone knows Jason Aaron's brilliant run on The Mighty Thor, giving Jane Foster the power of Thor. Just, uh, it was tragic. It was epic. It was well done. But of course, back in the 70s, one of my favorite comic book series is What If. That's why I like the Disney Plus series so much. But it's all these alternate tales of what could have happened. What if the radioactive spider had bitten Flash Thompson? What if Captain America had not been revived until the 1950s? All these different things that could have happened in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What if Rick Jones had become the Hulk? Well, they wrote a story called What If... Jane Foster had found the Hammer of Thor. We're talking with them about that, but then we got into Marvel movies, the cinematic universe, what their expectations were back then. Did they even think about it? And we got to get that answer from Rick Hoberg and Don Glute right here. Uh, Trying to get projects off the ground. That's why so many of the Marvel uh, characters weren't used for a long time because they were already licensed out to other people. But um, the, the only thing that they had going were things that never got off the ground. I did storyboards over at Canon Films for a Spider-Man film, which was basically a monster movie. It wasn't really a Spider-Man film. But this was the, the sort of thing they were trying to get going, and thank God they never made that movie. It was a terrible script. But uh, we were mostly just trying to get the cartoons in people's faces because yeah. we knew that would really uh, be the place that they would come alive. And X-Men was such a gigantic hit it literally you can you can see a, a six degrees of separation between that and when the X Men appeared on the screen. Yeah, what was it? Only four to six years later. Yeah, the uh, the the X Men movie. Yeah, yeah it was I think that was oh oh it was two thousand. Oh, okay, well, I think yeah. and then yeah. Spider Man was two thousand two. Right. I think. Yeah. 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 So that was the place where I just went. Oh, this is going to take off somewhere. And the one that really uh, uh, just filled me with joy was the was the Iron Man film, the first one, especially that last scene at the end where they talked about the Avengers. Yeah. That little stinger at the end you knew was coming. I knew Thor was coming. I knew Captain America, my favorite character, was coming. And I've loved all of this stuff. I just has been fun. And even the bad movies, you know. Yeah. even when, It's like pizza. Even when they're bad, they're good, right? They're, well, they, they speak to the child in me, you know. 
and, and people who grew up with that stuff, we never had anything like it. So for me, I, I laugh at some of the critics, you know, the fan critics on Facebook or wherever, uh, and uh, I go, you know, you, you don't come from the same place I come from because these were things I was dying for as a kid. Now to see it happening, it's a pure joy. I've told my wife over and over again, just let me live long enough to see the end of the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe, you know? Let me see the whole thing before you take me away. Right. You know? yeah, when I was, I'm, I'm older than Rick, and so when I was a kid, the only thing, and I, I love comic books and Superman and these characters, all we had at that time were, what was the uh, George Reeves' su- original Adventures sure, of yeah, Superman yeah. TV show. And that was it, except I was lucky because I had a 16-millimeter movie projector, and I used to rent serials, The Adventures of Captain Marvel and yeah, that's great. Captain, that's Captain great. America. And they weren't exactly like the comic books, but they were, they were at least an attempt, and they were called the, the right names, and the costumes sort of looked like the ones in the comic books. So I had that one extra little increment of superheroes back then. But it's funny how Marvel, the Marvel movie company now, how the humble beginnings when Rick and I were working when it was then called Marvel Productions it was a little studio right next to the on-ramp of the of, uh, of the what was it the Ventura 405 freeway with a few with a little patio in the back and a few had Stan Lee's had his office one of those atrium buildings it was all okay. on, yeah one, one level but the whole thing was one atrium uh, surrounding thing with the executives having all the best views of the atrium. And that was the Marvel Sunbow production yes, studio, yeah, right? No, Sunbow was Sunbow was located where? In yeah, West but they, they were a different company. But oh, okay. They, they contracted yeah. Marvel to do all these things. But we had really great talent. We it was had like Lee a family Gunther, there, wasn't it? It was, it was, oh, it like was little, yeah, yeah. It was everybody knew we had everybody, you know. And, we, and Stan we were, was there all the time. Stan, so that sure. made it Stan, Stan every day was was kind of cool, you know. And I know I had Roy Thomas on the show last year, and he mentioned that Star Wars kind of saved Marvel Comics yeah. back at the time. Yes. And I know, Rick, you just got done talking about how Star Wars is one of your top things. Yes. Were you uh, having this thing that hadn't hit the big screen yet? You guys were doing the comic book and everything like that. What was that kind of like for you? I, I took it because I had been reading Charles Champlin's uh, uh, articles in the in Los Angeles Times. He was uh, the great critic of his time. And he was constantly talking about what Lucas was working on. He was fascinated by THX 1138 and American Graffiti. So he started doing in-depth things about Star Wars. And I was reading these things going, oh, my gosh, this is going to be something really special. Because they kept mentioning Flash Gordon and stuff. And I'm going, so what they're going to do is a fantasy film with science, a science fiction motif. And so when... Star Wars was finally sold to Stan and the other people at Marvel. That is, Roy told him, we're not going to do a special. I want to do six issues. I want to get this thing off the ground right. Basically, I knew what this was going to be. Nobody at Marvel wanted to ha- take this thing on like to do covers and stuff, and I said, I'll take it. Even Howard was running behind on deadlines because he was working on other things at the same time, and you can't blame him. you got to make yeah. a living in this business. So once I had gotten the first two or three covers done, then the movie came out, and everything changed overnight. It was a huge success. I took my family and friends to see it the first night Hmm. and experienced things like I'd never felt before, like people cheering the heroes and applauding when the Millennium Falcon takes off into hyperspace, and people were cheering and clapping, Hmm. and I went, wow, this really did happen. People used to do this, and they're doing it again now, you know, so... It was real special for me, and I've had a 30-year relationship with the company, doing their uh, style guide artwork as well, but I did their 
comic book stuff. I did uh, this comic strip for a short period. And anytime I can get work from them, I, I do. They called me up this year for, for their uh, uh, May the 4th Be With You oh, yeah, 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 uh, celebration. celebration sure. And I had an old piece of fan art that they had seen at another convention. And they said, can we use this? And they're calling me and it's got their characters <laughs> on it. I was like, absolutely, you know. You guys have paid me so much money and taken care of me over the years. Yeah. I always had a great relationship. And I don't want to keep you too much. I appreciate the time so far. I'll ask you both one last question. Being in this business, we've now, you know, like you were just talking about Star Wars early on, we've now gone full circle. The Marvel Cinematic Universe has made all these characters larger than life. We've seen a lot of great actors take the role. Who are the top two actors who you think most embody the roles that they've taken on? We'll start with Don. Well, first of all, I think Chris Evans is Captain America. And um, I think he just, especially in the first, first solo movie, he really captured Steve Rogers. And I guess um, I really like um, who's the actor who plays Thor. Oh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, I, lo- I his sense of humor and everything. He looks just like the character. Yeah, yeah. And also um, Iron Man. Robert Downey, 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 Downey Jr. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he he sort of brought the Marvel superhero comic book character to the mainstream respectability of movie acting. You know. Right. Yeah. And. Um, I talked to, when that movie, the first Iron Man came out, I talked to friends who had no interest in comic books or anything, but they loved Iron Man. They were talking about Iron Man. I should, wait till you see this movie. So I think, I think Downey kind of crossed over the line into mainstream with that, sure. with that yeah. character, with his performance in that. And so those, I think, are the, the, my, my two favorites. And I think uh, it's it almost if you see Robert Downey Jr. in that first movie, it looks like he stepped right out of Bob Layton's pencils. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's brilliantly done. The great casting there. Yeah. Same question for you, Rick. Okay. Well, when in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I agree completely with what he just said. I would only add on uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson because I think she is a central character and, and said a lot being the Black Widow and how she played it. But the three characters he mentioned, they were the stability. They were the rock this whole thing was built on. And they were brilliantly cast. Yeah. It was amazing. And for Star Wars, it would be uh, Hamill first. I mean, he's just so iconic as Luke Skywalker. Like when he showed up in The Mandalorian. That was just an amazing movie. Yeah, yeah, that was wonderful. Uh, and uh, 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 Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, who am I thinking of? Ewan McGregor or Sir Alec Guinness? No, Guinness was good, but Ewan McGregor. That miniseries it was just on solidified who Obi-Wan Kenobi was. I finally saw him as the hero he was really meant to be in a lot of ways. And I think he's just been a, a, a real great force there. And, of course, Gary Fisher and, and Harrison Ford. Yeah. Without the, the initial trio and Alec Guinness, the guy, the young actors, they wouldn't have had anything. Yeah. So, yeah. It's very cool to see all this, and you guys have to be very proud, like I said, to see your names in those credits at Thor Love and Thunder. It's got to be a great moment for both of you. It certainly yeah. was. And have that happen. It's a great capper and everything. And where are you guys active on social media or websites? If people are listening right now and they want to find out more about you or dig into more of your work, where can people find you online? I have five websites, but I'll go, the one they could get all the information about the other websites is just my name, DonaldFGlute.com. And I'm on, you know, I'm on Facebook and I'm, I'm easy to find. Okay. And Rick? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm on Facebook a lot. It's a, it's a pleasant way to talk to people it, it's it's not as uh, brief and a, a discussion as you would have on things like twitter and and instagram i those i'm not crazy about but i like looking at them 
And as far as website, uh, mine is now Rick Hoberg Story Artist. And you can find tons of stuff there, like my Star Wars work. You can find Marvel Comics and DC Comics work. You can find uh, uh, commissions that have been done and, and how to get hold of me and stuff. So Rick Hoberg Story Artist is the best one to go to. Perfect. Rick Hoberg, Don Glute, I appreciate your time. Continued success to you both. Hopefully I'll see you at another convention. You will. Thank you. See ya. And shout out to Don Glute, who uh, I got a message. He was listening on the KTRS app. So hello, Don. I hope you enjoyed your interview. <laughs> we're going to have, I talked to both of these guys before this interview, before I started rolling tape. We were just talking about old movies. And I told them both, I said, we need to have you guys on just to talk about old movies. Because the amount of knowledge these two gentlemen possess is staggering. And I'm an old movies fan. We were talking a little bit about, Rob, they brought up Robert Mitchum. And I said, I love Robert Mitchum in Cape Fear. Uh, much better than the 1990 version with uh with robert de niro and uh they we started talking about old movies so yes we need to do that don if you're listening uh let's talk to rick and let's figure out a time that'd be great to have you on live with us i want to thank again all of you for listening uh we did get a winner obviously someone texted in the correct answer it was herb trimpe who first drew wolverine and hulk 181 so my thanks to all of my listeners uh both online who are listening and also who are watching melanie dean just popped up in the chat from the legend of the traveling tardis hello melanie thanks very much for listening and uh she says great interview i appreciate the compliment thank you uh thanks to christian basil for calling in thanks to julio diaz for being on in the first part of the show, talking about Pensacon, you are not going to want to miss that event. I'm telling you right now, if you are a Whovian, a Doctor Who fan, just pop culture entertainment, the amount of guests they have at Pensacon, it's, it's really kind of cool to see all the different people they have there. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, that's going to do it. We've got another show in the books here. Thanks, as always, to Joey V, who sits across from me, who makes this video possible, who makes the show possible. Wouldn't still be doing this six years later without Joey V at the uh, at the ready here. I appreciate him. Thanks to my sponsors again, Bugs, Comics, and Games. Thank you to the City of St. Charles, Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau. Thank you to Marcus Theaters. And until next week, my friends. It's not in the way you Pensacola, good night. Hey kids, are your parents about to buy you a shiny new toy from Amazon? Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Well, don't be selfish. Share some of that money with us. Before going on Amazon, make sure to type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. It will look just like Amazon.com, except it'll say referral geek to me radio up top. And then when you check out, a tiny percentage will go to support the show without costing you one cent more. So before your parents get you that gizmo, gadget, or widget, make sure they type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. Bit.ly slash geek to me. Bit.ly slash geek to me.